Light beer, dark money. Agree on something. Politics, culture, and the intersection of faith, freedom, and free enterprise. And now, here are your hosts, Light Beer, Chris Clements, and Dark Money, Sean Noble. Welcome back to another episode of Light Beer, Dark Money. I'm Sean Noble. And I'm Chris Clements. So it is Thursday, January 13th. You'll hear this after after today. <laughs> Probably today. Yeah. Or maybe later today. Um, today's big news. Well, let's let's set this up. <laughs> the 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 Democrats, you know, were working for months to try to get build back better, build back broke, whatever you want to call it. They they didn't have the votes because they they then talked about blowing up the filibuster to try to pass it and Mansion and Cinema and others said have, others, have and others steadfast. As, as, Politico, to your point, well, Politico, no, Politico is actually reporting as well. So I mean, I can't say that. Maybe they've been reading my stuff. Maybe I don't they've know. been reading my stuff. Listening to the podcast. I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't think so. Um, but so then they sh- they pivoted after Manchin said right before Christmas, no deal. They said, okay, well, we're going to come back at the beginning of the year and we're going to voting rights stuff is all going to be what we're going to do. Because then they thought, well, maybe we can get, we can bust the filibuster, we can do a carve out on the filibuster for the voting rights. Because Manchin has expressed some support. Cinema has said she supports, you know, big chunks of the legislation. One of the bills is called the John Lewis Voting Rights Act. Which is HR1. Um, well, they, and they've scaled that way back. Yeah. But because of the original HR1 was just a monstrosity. Not that this is going to be much better. And I think that they Schumer must have believed. Oh, and then Biden goes to Georgia, does a big speech saying this is important. We got to do it. You know, well, he doesn't just give a big speech. He compares his opponents to segregation. Yeah, 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 yeah. And to racist, which, which is which is the playbook that they seem to operate on. Apparently everything is a racial divide. Um, so the. I think that there was Schumer probably thought and others in the Senate and the administration probably thought, Oh, we can get cinema on this because one thing that people may not remember is that every two years when cinema was in the house, when they had the vote for speaker, she did not vote for Nancy Pelosi for speaker. She voted for John Lewis Mm. every single time she voted for John Lewis. So she was. She felt an affinity to the. You know, he was a civil rights hero. Um, passed away recently, and so they they've named this one of these bills the John the John Lewis uh, Voting Rights Act. I actually and rode in an elevator with John Lewis once. Did time. you? Yeah, with Gabby Giffords. Interesting. Yeah, hmm. and I was starstruck. Yeah, I'm sure you were. He is. He was an icon. Um, he was. He was a. He was the nicest guy. A very nice guy. Um, and. But today, Cinema went to the Senate floor and said, guys, I'm opposed to eliminating the filibuster, period. So well, now here we have a situation in which the Democrats, yet again, believed that they could bully people into, you know, blowing up the filibuster without understanding that some senators have principle and Kirsten Cinema is standing on principle saying I'm well, not going to go this way. Well, we've 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 talked about 
this kind of ad nauseum at this point in terms of mansion and cinema taking all the slings of arrows, slings and arrows for the senators who are backbenching and not willing to put their Senate careers on the line to oppose these, these initiatives. And that I think you're seeing that today as well. She's willing to go on the Senate floor yep. and, and basically say, I am not willing to blow up the Senate at this point or ever for, for something like this, right. or something this far-reaching and, and, this, this, and consequential. And, and I'm willing to basically put my Senate career on the line as, by saying this. And, and, sh- and, I mean, it is a principled position because she is, in fact, putting herself at risk. I mean, the, Dem- the Democrats are going to put up a primary opponent. They're going to fund that opponent significantly. She's going to be up for a, a challenging reelection in 2024, as, as my guess, at least in the primary. Um, so, you know, kudos to her for sticking to her guns on this. I, well, I mean, and I it, think she's probably speaking like, like the bill back broke bill. She's likely speaking for other um, Democrats, both moderate and institutionalists who don't want, don't want the same. Yeah. There's just no that understand that. that understands that the Republicans take the house and there's always an if they take the Senate and if they win the presidency in 2024, what, you're going to have what Harry Reid did to the courts all over again yep. on steroids. On steroids. And, and the whiplash of legislation, you know, especially when it comes to voting rights. And, and so what this bill is trying to do overall is to federalize our national our, our elections, which in and of itself is unconstitutional. And the, the court has actually been very clear about that. Right. But the, what they're hoping, and you made this point at one of our last uh Podcasts is that what they're hoping is by the time it gets through the courts, they can get through the 22 election. Right. Um, it, it, what's interesting is both Mansion and Cinema, who have taken all the arrows and all the slings, are probably minimizing the damage that is is facing the Democrats in 2022. Because if they were to say, okay, yeah, we'll blow up the filibuster, we'll pass Build Back Better, we'll pass the voting rights stuff, I think the backlash on those pieces of legislation would be akin to what happened when they passed Obamacare on reconciliation. It may be even more so because right now you're, you have a populace that is not paying attention so much to the president calling all of his opponents racist down in Georgia. They're paying attention to the fact that the inflation numbers came out yesterday. And inflation is up 7%. They're paying attention to the fact that it costs more to fill up their trucks. It costs more to buy meat for their homes. It costs more to heat their homes. Yeah. That's what people are paying attention well, and to. On top and of that's, that is, it doesn't seem like the president's even paying attention to that. No. And, and on top of that, you've got a, a COVID response that has been a mess. I mean, we thought the Trump administration didn't do a great job. The Biden administration, I mean, Biden said he was going to eliminate, he was going to eradicate COVID. And well, people, they're going to have, they're going to, you're going to start to see a shift in how they use the language of, oh, we're going to have to live with this, we're going to manage it. I mean, that's what people have been saying, smart people have been saying for nearly two years. Um, I agree. And what's, what's really sad is that you're, the, the truths that we knew 
from the data that was that was widely available, and uh, whether it be from the origins of the of the virus to how you t- tackle the virus through treatments, different treatments, whether it's ivermectin or or even a Z pack, <laughs> were were universally panned as misinformation. Uh, Cloth masks we knew did not provide any protection at all, and yet our kids are still in school wearing surgical these, masks. Don't provide, these, provide these any protection. These monstrosities, yeah. these these things, and and it's impeding their education, it's impeding their their interaction with their peers and their teachers. That we knew was a falsehood, and now they they're trying to pivot to say, "Oh, we're going to make everybody wear N95 masks." Good luck with that. Yeah, that's not going to happen. Um, at the same time, they're, they're pivoting in terms of the impact that COVID has had on the business community, specifically ratcheting down recovery times from 14 to 10, now to five days. So what's real? Well, right. what happens when we get to two? What happens? What's real about Omicron is what is real about any virus and in that initially it's very, very strong and less um, transmittable. And then as the virus mutates, it gets more transmittable and less virulent. Right. And that's exactly what we're seeing, and that's exactly what they're recognizing. So this idea that they didn't know what would happen, I think is a complete lie. Yeah. Um, that, that, that's been, you talk about the big lie, that's been one of the biggest lies. They know exactly what would happen with this virus, and it's gonna continue and hopefully, there will be a recognition that after Omicron, this will be over. That the theater can stop. Because we saw a lot of theater yesterday when Dr. Faustus went to the United yeah. States Senate, but doing he and Rand Paul, I think that was two days ago. And, and Dr. Fauci, you know, hold, uh, Rand Paul asked him quite plainly, how can you... Um, he asked him about some other virologists that he had defamed through some emails, and 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 uh, Dr. Fauci didn't even answer the question, and and held up you know website pictures of Rand yeah. Paul's fundraising, and by doing that, he raised more money for Rand Paul right. in a single day than probably Rand Paul has had uh, you know in the last quarter. Yep, I agree. Well, we'll have to go more into where do we go from here on the COVID stuff. But right now, the Democrats are worrying about where do they go from here with an agenda. Well, I, I think when you have a president who was supposed to be this great uniter coming in to the presidency a year ago, that we need to unite the country, we need to tone down the rhetoric, we need to, you know, crush the virus. And he's done none of those things. I don't know if he was trying to out Trump Trump. Yesterday, well, in terms of his rhetoric, maybe, but but what he what he did instead was those Democrats, I think, who were on the fence now are are back in their offices saying, "I want no part of this because yeah. I will lose my election if I latch myself onto somebody calling his opponents racist." And I had to look up who Bull Connor was. <laughs> I mean, he was he's flailing around saying, "You're you're you're." You're in line with Bull Connor, and that was that was before I was born, yep. before you were born. Yep. And I'm looking, you know, segregationist who uh, used his administrative authority over the police and fire departments to ensure that Birmingham, Alabama, remained segregated. 
Okay, and he was also a Democrat. Yeah. So chew on that a little bit, Joe right. Biden. Exactly. Well, the one thing that Joe oh, Biden— Oh, and George, George Wallace. I had you know, yeah, also I knew who George Wallace was, but apparently George Wallace called Joe Biden an excellent senator, senator at one point. Well, Joe Biden called George Wallace an excellent senator at so some point. It's, it's, it's crazy. It's so all theater. I will say there is one thing in which Joe Biden has out-Trumped Trump, That's and that is in his approval ratings. Trump's lowest approval rating ever— was 37%. Quinnipiac just came out of the poll yesterday. Biden's at 33. Yeah, I saw that. That's astounding. And Among it, independents, it's 25%. And so when, we'll ask the question again, when does the members of our delegation begin to pivot? Because you haven't seen it. And where is Mark Kelly? Where is Mark Kelly? Out in the ether. Out in the ether. Souter space. Houston, we have a problem. We have a, he definitely has a problem. Um, all right. Well, that's our, our little rant well, that for the is, day. That is kudos now again you're up to, to date on the news. Yeah, kudos again to our senior senator Kirsten Cinema for standing strong uh, on her principles, and uh, we'll see where it goes from here. Yeah, and taking those slings and arrows for everybody else yeah. who's cheering her on from the backbench. Yay! And just remember, Kirsten. this is a podcast founded on the principles of faith, freedom, and free enterprise. Thanks so much for and listening. And a lot of fun. And a lot of fun. <laughs> and you can find us on Instagram, Facebook, LinkedIn, the Twitter and tweets. All of those things. Thanks so much for listening. Right. God bless. Thanks, guys.